Hello and welcome to The Isolationists, a podcast to boost holiday spirit during the sweet, sinister holiday of the coronavirus. Today, our guest is Armando Carlo the Fourth. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Uh, a multi-instrumental singer, producer, and songwriter based in Chicago, currently in two bands, Idioglossia and Summer Drive. This episode of The Isolationist will feature Good Guy, a song Armando wrote when he was a freshman in high school. Be sure to tune in to this episode because we'll be breaking down the lyrics and talking about a lot of other interesting stuff. Season's greetings from here at The Isolationist. This is Julia Morrison. And Sarah. And Sarah. Armando. What is it? Carlo. Carlo. It rhymes. The. Fourth. Fourth. Cool. His full name. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, The Isolationists. Welcome. So, uh, can you, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good. (laughs) Just chilling, getting, getting by. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) So can you uh, tell us a little about yourself? Okay. Uh, my name is Armando Carlo the Fourth. I uh, I'm a musician, and that's literally all I do. Really, I, I sing. I play the keyboards, and I also play some drums. And I'm in a couple bands. And yeah, that's kind of it. That's kind of all I am as a person. That's a lot. <laughs> is um, music. And that is beautiful. Yes. Yes, it is. So what's the current band you're in now? And what are you guys making? Okay, so, well, I am in one band that I've been in for like a few years. Is We're called Summer Drive. And we actually should hopefully have an EP coming out soon. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, do you guys have anything out? No, not yet. But um, we do like... So you don't exist? No, we don't actually. <laughs> off the grid? Yeah, we're off the grid. No, we do. We've done like a bunch of shows and stuff. And I, it's nice because we just kind of like have used it to like have a have a good time and, and write and stuff, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, we do kind of like funk rock, that kind of stuff. So it's all... And I really appreciate it because it's all really about like having a good time and just like like when we're when we perform, we just go wild and we just have a wonderful time and we we don't like take ourselves too seriously or anything. We just cool really have fun. Uh, and then the other band I'm in is Idioglossia, which has been around for I think about a year and a half now. I think. Uh, but I, I joined to in like freaking like October or September or something. Um, but that's more just like indie rock. Just, you know, that, that, that kind of bit, that's kind of, it's very broad and, you know, we're, we're, we do a lots of, lots of different kinds of indie rock. So I, yeah, I, I would just say that's indie rock. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. So what are some of the challenges of being in two bands at once? And do you think they represent different sides of your creativity? Um, yeah, I, I think some of the challenges, gosh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of challenges with it. Um, 
I well, I think at least with being a kid or a teenager, I guess I should say, <laughs> a teenager, um, it's difficult because you got like school and, and stuff, and I also do School of Rock, so it's about like trying to time manage like being in both of those groups and and you know other stuff and also i'm dabbling in other projects and at, at the same time as those so it, it, i think time management has been pretty difficult and um also just to fig- get along yeah yeah get getting buds. right yeah uh-huh. getting along can can be difficult too and figuring out you know no no band functions exactly the same so i think it takes a while to figure out what what your what your role is and or at least for me it, it took me a bit to figure out what my role was in the in Idioglossia when i joined cuz in in summer drive it it you know i we uh you know, we've been together for a while, and it, it's just a different kind of kind of vibe. So then, you know, joining Idioglossia, it, it took a bit to f- figure that out. And then al- along with, like, writing and stuff, especially with two very different styles, like, I want to creatively be a part of both bands, but, you know, it takes a while to, like, figure out what to, like, how to how to write for both. Yeah. But um, in the, I come easier than the other? I don't know. I mean, I think I, I I I guess I would say that writing for Summer Drive comes easier only because I've been doing it longer. Um and that's really about just writing like a funky song, you know. Um this is fun to do. Right, yeah. And and that's not minimizing it at all or anything. And and that kind of brings me to the the other thing you said, which is like how they uh, oh, what's the word you use? Like, re- resemble? I don't know, whatever you said. Um, oh, yeah, represent. Represent, themselves. like, both two different sides of my creativeness. Because I think I, I do have, like, a very, like, I th- you know, I, I come from, or musically, I, I like lots of different genres, like, you know, metal and funk and indie and pop and classical and, you know, so, you know, I'm not kidding. Metal's dope. Yeah. Metal is dope. (laughs) Um, but it's like, so they, they do represent two very different things. Like I think with summer drive, it, it represents just like the funky, like going crazy, having a good time, putting on a great show, uh, I mean, that's a big thing for Summer Drive is, like, we we have great songs, but we also put on a fantastic show, I Hell think. Yeah. So, so have you been on tour before? And, like, do you imagine your life being, like, a series of tours? Well, yeah, I, I haven't been on tour with my bands. But, but just, like, in, in the future in, in your yeah, hypothetical music career. I have, I have been on tour with, with School of Rock All-Stars twice which was really fun. It was just a quick 10 day tour. We took, you know, it was all people I didn't know. And we took three days to rehearse all our songs. And then we were out on the road. Was it sick? Do you like it? Or was oh it yeah. It was torture? fantastic. It was great. And it's funny. Cause you know, 
as musicians, as teenage musicians, we're all these like mentally unstable, <laughs> like teenagers. And, you know, we're all getting, you know, we're, we're meeting up with each other and it's like, here you go. These are the only people you're going to know for the next 10 days. And they're complete strangers and they immediately become like family to you. Totally. And then, kind of like and then after that 10 days, it's kind of torture. Cause they're just like, all right, now you got to say bye to all of them and you'll yeah. probably never see any of them again. And yeah, it's, it's, there's a bunch of people like, can you describe one of the, the people you met who was just like blew your mind? You're like, Oh, how did I not know this person? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, it really is, uh, it, it's weird. I mean, to say like, how did I not know them? you know, cause we, we come from like everywhere, you know, there, there's a kid on my team one year who's from like Mexico. Um, but Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think I there tour one day really far. Yeah. But there is a uh, God, I'm trying to think it's of the Mexico. kid. I, oh, I, I really enjoyed. I, no, I, if I, it's too hard, you don't have to. No, no, I, it's fine. Um, we got other questions. <laughs> I think, I, I guess one person, which me and Sarah were talking about earlier, is, is Michael. Like, I immediately, it's kind of funny because I, like, when when we go in and we meet all these people, you kind of have to be like, okay, I got to make an impression of some kind. And I kind of just go with, like, I'm just going to be fucking ridiculous. And so, like, I meet Michael, and day one, I'm like, hey, Michael, I love you. <laughs> and, like, he was just like, I love you, too. And then we just became, like, best friends. And like, This doesn't happen in sports. Like, yeah. most sports guys are like, hey, dude, man, uh, good game, and I love you. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just in, like, weird artsy shit. Right, yeah. Find. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I like that. we had, like, I think things that, like, really brought us together were, like, we would have these break cause we're, we're practicing all day for these first three days. And we'd have like, there was one day where we like, I think it was the last day of practice. They were like, we're going to take you. We were in Baltimore and they took us into downtown Baltimore and we're like, y'all can go wherever you want and just take off. And I mean, in this vicinity, it was like on a pier or whatever. Um, and that was like where we really bonded. Cause you know, it's like, we're like walking through the mall and whatever and just like goofing around and like there was like a Ripley's believe it or not thing that we like went to and just had a good time and I, I do remember that that was a fun thing is there was like some like guy on the on the street like doing a you know like a street performer I think it was like kind of religious it was a little weird but it was like like a beat and he's like hey and he like people are watching he's like come dance come dance whatever and then we're all standing there watching, and then they're all just like, Armando, go. And then they just pushed me, and I went in and just started, like, dancing in the middle. And they were like, oh, shit. And then everyone else came in, and we were all just dancing. And it, it's so weird. I feel like, like that's the that's the best way to bond with people, though, is just to be, like, thrown into, like, yeah, unknown, unknown territory. Yeah, and this really, like like the all-star tour really proves that. Cause you know, you got all these people, you have no clue who they are and then you immediately fall in love with them. So, yeah. It's... So, uh, what's your biggest fear? Oh, what geez. are you afraid of? I guess, oh gosh, I guess like failure probably. I know that's like a basic one, but 
I think that's definitely. Yeah, it's definitely out that. there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Failure could happen. I like there are some days where I just think like, because, you know, I've really like doubled down into being a musician. Yeah. You know? And Cause you're, you're going to school. Where are you going? I'm going to school, University of Westminster in London. Um, and that's for music. Is it like it's music producing? It's or? music performance production and enterprise. But you get to choose one of those to like focus on. So I'm focusing on the production side just because I thought like I already know how to perform and I already like I kind of I kind of have a, a thing and I got in a big fight. I get in fights with musicians about this a lot. Um, I actually got in a fight with one of my friends about this so bad that he got a bloody nose. Like we from, weren't fist from Yeah, from talking. Wow. But um, yeah. Uh, but Brain basically function. my whole view on like music performance programs in college is like if you can get into a music performance program, you probably already know how to perform. And I, of course you can still learn stuff, but you can do that on your own time or with like other like private teachers and whatever. Why don't you go into college and learn something new that can help you be self-sustainable as a musician, like music business or music production? Yeah, there are so many music teacher aspects know? of like so music, and and it just picking one is kind of like yeah, you're gonna be just kind of like this stick figure in a in a room of three dimensional. Right. Yeah. Like, I I just yeah I so I decided to go with production. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there are some days where I just get hit with like the dread of like, what if you can't do enough and then you just end up leaving, living this life of mediocrity. Yeah, like, it's oh, possible. Shit. Like that would suck. Um, but yeah, I, so that's probably my biggest fear. Or, How about like, uh, little fears, like you snakes? Big um, black holes. Yeah, dark, I, what? I real I've realized lately that I've become more scared of the dark again. Ah, which is why? So I don't know. Do I, you watch I, I just get like I, I, I just get like paranoid in the dark. It's it's like happened more lately. Like I just like I don't know what it is, but maybe like, it means something. Maybe yeah. the darkness is coming. Oh Jesus! Oh <laughs> good. Good, wonderful. All right, so give me a musician you're currently obsessed with, and why, <laughs> or two, or two. Okay, three. I'll I'll, I'll give, can give a list, okay, and then we'll decide can, which one to ask. About. I can give a few. Um, well, <laughs> number one is Frank Zappa, of course. I've it's it's, it's no it's, way. Uh, <laughs> it's at this point, I hate how much I'm crazy about him because <laughs> I think about him so much. Um, there's that. Do you think I, about him more than you think about her? No, no, of course <laughs> okay. not. But it's, it's close. Um, <laughs> he's a close second. Yes. Um, but, uh, so there's that guy. Um, I also love Nick Cave. He's another one of my favorite musicians that I've always been crazy about. Um, yeah, I guess, I, I, I guess. Last that's, one. Give us one more. Okay. I do love Will Toledo. Yeah, Will Toledo, Carsey Headrest. That's another good one. So I'll say, I, I will say that. You kind of look like him. Final answer. Yes, <laughs> people have told me that, and I always get so happy when they do. 
dark and we hair. saw him live didn't we yeah yeah yeah. 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 yeah yeah for free that, that was, was cool i love wow. love me a free costume yeah yeah <laughs> nothing feels better than that yeah time. you're like oh fine i'll buy a water right. yeah <laughs> i feel like i have to pay for something it doesn't feel right well, you can't go to like downtown Chicago without buying some shit. Yeah, I know. I try my best. I try, like, I think for that, I came with like the water and like snacks. Had, like, I had a bunch of snacks too. It's, I I, it's, it's the mom, my mom and me. She's <laughs> always comes extra prepared for stuff. I think I've snuck some water, wine bottles in there before nice. I like, get those free concerts where you're like, hey, I don't have to pay. <laughs> spend 40 on a cup. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go Nick Cave. I don't Nick know a Cave. lot about him, about him, but what draws you to him specifically? Okay. That you're like, he does... And not just his face. <laughs> so Is his face? Is that one of the components? Blue his, his face is pretty great. No, um, but... Um, <clears throat> what about his, like... Persona? Yeah, right, or okay. Song so I remember... Here, I'll, I'll kind of deep detail it a little bit so i remember the first time i listened to nick Cave. i look at like a lot of like dumb lists on the internet of like top 100 greatest music artists and stuff it's really stupid but i'm obsessed with like looking at them and whatever interesting and at like number 60 or whatever was nick cave and i'd never heard of him nick cave in the bad seeds and so i started listening to him and it was like on the car on the way to my grandma's house or on the way back or something. And I listened to his newest album at the time, which was called Skeleton Tree, which came out in like 2016. And it blew my mind. I had never heard anything like it before. It was like these incredible, like ambient soundscapes sorry i was about to say landscapes um these like ambient soundscapes and his like everything just feels like it's moving and like i cool and he like his voice is just standing out right in the middle and he's got this like beautiful poetry to in his his words and i just remember like leaning my head on like the window and it was just dark outside and just looking at the darkness and like, I just, I had never heard anything like that before. And from that moment, was there any song in particular that you're like, yeah, distant sky by Nick cave is the one that blew, but yeah, that's the one that, that did it. But skeleton tree as an album is crazy. Cause I did some more research and while he was writing that album, his son fell off a cliff and died and so knowing that as well, it created this incredible, like, I was like, oh my God, like, and it brought all the songs in the album, like so much more meaning. And I was just so shocked. And then from then on, I went and looked at his, off a cliff. Yeah. Jesus. They lived in like Brighton, England. Oh, I guess it was like yeah. a cliff. And, um, but uh, they, I looked at his back catalog too. And this is what really shocked me is. I think I started with his first album, which is From Her to Eternity. And that is just like punk, like post-punk, like ex- like super experimental, but just angry and shocking and just... Shit, cool. It, it's crazy. And I, I really appreciated 
how, and then I listen to everything else and his, his catalog has got this incredible shape to it where it's like, he's like young and addicted to heroin and he's just angry and he's got like, he's telling all these incredible stories in his song, which I really appreciate as well. Like storytelling is super. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He's just that is really such a treat when you're listening to something and you're like, there's Whoa, a I can story like, to follow it. it. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And then, and then he gets older and it starts to, it becomes more refined and, and it's like mature and it's like piano ballads and it's, gorgeous that seems pretty and, linear like that makes sense yeah and then for like a scope of a musician's time it's like okay you start like yeah. crazy and then you get uh -huh. to piano ballads like. and then and then in the 2000s <laughs> and then in the in the 2000s he had like some weird like garage rock album but um and then he starts doing this electronic based stuff which is like skeleton tree and and, and things and i just loved how he nothing defined him and he just all like he tried all these different things and I, I actually got to see him a lot. He did a Q and a show and I got to ask him. Did you cue him? Yes, I did cue him. Did he A? Yeah, he did A. Um, he, I, I asked him, I was like, what, like you're, the bad seeds don't have a single genre they've been in. What is it? Like, what is it that has influenced those changes? And he's like, I, he, he said like, that's, it just happens. Like he just, that's every album is different. Every album is a new band for him. And it's, and that makes sense. It's yeah. I that's love how that I man. feel making music too. It's like, I've been trying to uh, put all of our albums into like album covers and like right, kind yeah, of yeah. separate them. And, uh, I mean like, although the people sometimes are changing who's in the band too. So like the physical band is changing, Yeah, yeah. but like, I don't know, there's, there's just, like, for me, like, songs will be completely out of the blue. Like, this this is so different than anything else. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if genre changes that's something yet. That's something I struggle with and want to figure out how to, like, learn. Like, how to write for an album. I mean, like, make all... a sound. Well, yeah. if you're also so young, like, you haven't had, like, I mean, I don't know your life, but I think time... Oh, like yeah, long periods sure. of time in one particular place or like in one particular mindset or being tortured by one particular person. Like yeah. those all bring out for me, at least like having my first freshman year roommate being like a bitch was like yeah. a creative <laughs> jackpot. Right, I was yeah. like, Oh my God, I have you so much to suck, say. Suck, yeah, suck, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you, who knows what you'll mm -hmm. deal with in, in uh, England. England. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you'll have like, some random mm. shit. That'd yeah, cool. for sure. Look um, forward to. But yeah, I would also, I, I know I said Distant Sky earlier, but another song that I love by him is The Mercy Seat, which is earlier. That came out in like 1986. Um, and that song is really cool because it details a man who's about to get the death sentence and he's on the electric chair, but there's a lot of like Jesus imagery and like it kind of like reflects the image of like Jesus on him and towards him. And he eventually like, like, he's like, this is bullshit. I should be doing this. And then he, he finally admits to it, like from the. Interesting. Um, yeah. He's um, great. Salvador Dali, he like started out, you know, making these weird eerie landscapes and, and bodyscapes and whatnot. Yeah. And then, you know, they're always like subtly sexual and, mm -hmm. and just, distorted and kind of 
grotesque. But then as he got older, he started doing some Jesus imagery too, when yeah. never before had he believed in right, any yeah. of that mm-hmm. stuff. So it's it's kind of funny how he, as he got older too, Nick Cave read more Jesus. Well, yeah, I mean, he he talks, about, he talks about Jesus and God on a lot of his songs. And that's something I love because I'm not religious or anything. And I don't think, he, I mean, I just appreciate how he he's even said, like, I don't know what I believe in. I just know he just finds all that Jesus stuff really interesting. And I, th- I really appreciate that because I'm the same way. We're like, I don't believe in anything, but I think it's all fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I just really appreciate how he can make that, like, Jesus and stuff a part of his, like, a part of his art, even though he doesn't, and not in like a weird way. We're like, Jesus is love, Christian rock, bullshit, you know. So could you uh, break down one of your songs for us that okay, you, sure. you fuck with? Either bands. Okay, either bands. Hmm. Um, Give us some of the lyrics maybe and okay. a little bit of story from... Um. Possibly oh, which one should I do? <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, I guess I'll I'll do a summer drive one first, because this was this was a song that I wrote. We have this song called "Good Guy," and I wrote it. Oh no, I'm gonna do a different one. I'm gonna do a different <laughs> one. We have a lot. Summer drive. <laughs> we have a lot. Um, I don't know, like. Cause we had we had one show we had a two hour show, so like a couple weeks before we were like we need more. When was songs. that? That was the one you like came to a little bit of. The one at the park. Yeah, at the park. <laughs> I did come to a little yeah. bit of that. <laughs> um, Let's spit it out, huh? But okay, okay, I know what oh. song. All right, we're recording. All right, so <laughs> this song, yeah, was this song is called "Good Guy" and. Um, I'm going to keep trying to look I'm a good for the lyrics for guy. it, just because, yeah, I found it. Um, this song, I wrote a while ago. This was like the second song I wrote in the band. and Second song in the band. Yes. Number two. And it was weird because I was more, newer of this. I think I was younger, so I didn't really have much in my life to write about. Whereas <laughs> now, like, the playground. Like, oh, I mean, <laughs> I think I was like a freshman or sophomore. And... So I didn't, like, I didn't have a lot to write about, so I was kind of, like, writing, like, creating a character or something, which I really like and I wish I could go back to, and I think I'm finding out how to get back to that. But then I got older and I just started writing about girls and, you know, like, oh, I'm hurt. Oh, my you mind. Hurt my feelings. Yeah, you know, like, that <laughs> dumb shit. And, but anyways, this song... I still really like lyrically, which is weird, but it's basically, I basically wrote it about telling the story of a guy who's referred to as the good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he's like a musician and, you know, he's supposed to be like the basic, like small town musician, whatever, just, and he's really good and whatever. And basically he gets older and, you know, he, gets like a contract or whatever you know nothing's really specific in this yeah um but uh he signed yes yeah and then and then his his whole 
who he is gets broken and shaped into someone he isn't and he gets torn up and turned into a new person through stress from like his record company and like paparazzi and like just I think at the time I had a really big fear of like I which is kind of conceited uh of like I don't want to like become famous and then just be like completely destroyed as a person because you you see people like Michael Jackson and like Elvis who like just completely get broken and even you know even people like Kirk Kirk Cobain and stuff to the point where they actually kill themselves and I think at the time I I had a really I had a big fear of that and Mm -hmm. I was like I I don't want to be changed as a person um but yeah like I think it's cool when uh you can write songs like completely about things you never experienced and just like really get in, just be so empathetic yeah. in, in a creative way. Right. It's yeah. pretty badass. Yeah, it is. That is how storytelling is made. Right. Yeah. I mean, born if we only really told real stories all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's a song that, so you want to read the lyrics? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll read a little bit. The, well, the first verse is, here lies the good guy. Uh, oh, God, these are different than what I sing now. These are like from a while ago because I just said, never <laughs> really knew why he died. Maybe it was because of the mass creator. What a shame. Now I'm the remainder. Um, so I guess that's just kind of saying like, you know, I, I like the imagery of like looking like here lies the good guy. And I, I think what what I was thinking when I wrote this song is the good guy and the person he is now are two separate people. And the song is kind of coming from him talking about who he was. Um, and then, you know, I say like mass creator, which is like the, you know, like media. Yeah, the media and the record company and whatever. And, um, yeah, uh, and then in the second verse, good Lord, rats with lights, good guy disappears into fights. Oh, God, I, these are not the words I sing now. Oh, geez. You can sing good, the ones yeah, good you normally girl, sing. Or good whatever. Lord, yeah. Uh, whatever you like more. No, I'm just trying to. Stay true to your It's hard for me to remember what, I'm, <laughs> what I normally sing without actually singing just it. Sing it. You know? Good Lord, rats with lights, good guy disappears into fights. Got no hope and I can't be free. The shots are bright and I can't see. That's what it is. Um, and, you know, that's just... The rats with lights are paparazzi. And... Um, Stab. Yeah, he disappears in the fights. Little Armando with all of his paparazzi. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had such a conceited fear of... No! Here you're about to listen to the song Good Guy by Armando and his band Summer Drive of which he broke down the lyrics for you guys. So get ready.
yeah. I feel like when you're watching like all these music videos when you're little on YouTube, you're like, you're basically learning through these people like what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Like, there are a million like documentaries story. telling you what not to do. Yeah, yeah, and, like, for sure. That's sick that you can imagine that. I'm sure we did too. I, I imagine being like, what if I really was Barbie and I found my twin sister? Like, <laughs> I was like that could happen. Like, I need to be ready, man. Right, oh. yeah. <laughs> but that's a true thing. Like, fame kills people. Yeah, like, I know. And I think that's something I was really scared of. And I think that's something I'm, I'm scared of to this day. I think my, my dream, like, the perfect scenario would just be, like, I get to the point where I'm, like, like, people, people know me. I was going to say, though, like, if you make some music in some genre that people don't like that much. Right then you're good. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just metal even. Like, nobody really knows metal people. Like, they're kind of in True. the shadows, and you know their name, but who the fuck are they? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but then when you're in that community, everyone knows Yeah, them. and that's, yeah. that's a great... Yeah, because, like, I would love, like, Dream Come True, I'm, like, playing, like, Thalia Hall, or, you know, like... Pilsen. Vic Theater, you know, or whatever. Like, like clubs, yeah, or, like, you right. know those things like i don't have to be like playing united center or anything but but yeah all right so what advice would you give to a little kid who's about to about to start playing music maybe he wants to be in a band right um hi i want to be in a band <laughs> can you give me some advice yes yes i can little little voice um <laughs> my name's albert <laughs> all right little albert um but i i think I guess what I would say is like, and this is, I, I just, just like work, I guess just work hard, which is, which is basic and, but don't like overwork yourself. And, and also everything that you're doing at this age isn't important. Like, like, yeah, you're doing music and it's important, but it's not the rest of your life. Like, the music you're doing now isn't the rest of your life. And that's something that I had to work on learning with, like, School of Rock and stuff. Because at this age, everything feels like it's the entire universe. Totally. But, you know, I got so, like, for a while, I was getting down on myself. Because I got kids my age who are, you know, releasing music and playing places like sub Subterranean and stuff. Who? Uh, Johnny Catland. It's like, yeah. Um, Did and, you play with them? Um, and, and for a while I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm a fit. Like I was like, I'm a failure. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And they're my age. And I had to realize, you know, at, I think I was 16 at the time. I'm fucking 16. I got years to go with this and, and work on it. Like, I don't have to start now. I don't have to become huge now, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, in not huge, but like, be like touring and whatever now you know i'm a kid um and then also something that i actually i was watching a master class with steve Vai, and someone kind of asked him like what would you tell yourself as a teen if you could go back like starting music and what he said like what was the advice you'd give and he just said you're doing fine and i was like that's like i heard that and i was like wow like, I really mm -hmm. did need to hear that because I, that's something I forget about a lot is like, totally. you know, even with writing and stuff, I'm like, these, these 
these lyrics suck, this song sucks, like, I, I'm not good enough, blah, 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 you know, th this person's better than me, like, I, whatever, all that stuff, but just, you're a kid, yeah, and you're fine. doing fine. I mean, it's kind of interesting thinking about that, though, like, what if your hyper crazy, you know, crit critical thought is going to help you create the biggest masterpiece in the world. Oh, yeah. And, and saying you're doing help. fine is going to be like, all right, I'm going to just sit in this, like, and reclining chair. Like, less hard. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I, mean, I think I, I, for me personally, I, and I guess it's different depending on who you are, but I, I get so, I beat myself up so much to the point where it's just, it's hard for me to do shit sometimes. So, like, because I, I am really, like, perfectionist and, like, I want it to be the best it can be. And, like, even if I think it's good, I'm like, is it possible to make it better? And that can be really stressful sometimes. So I I think people, like, you don't, you shouldn't just be like, oh, I'm doing fine. I'm just going to sit on the couch and keep watching whatever dumb shit I'm watching even though I do do that. It's like, don't <laughs> hurt yourself. Yeah, don't it's just like, up, yeah. like, yeah, you can still work on that masterpiece and stuff, but you don't want it to affect your mental health. So you're doing fine. You're putting the work in. Yeah. And, and doing it. So. All right, well, that's basically it. Do you have any shout-outs you want to give to projects that are coming out or um, future yeah. shows during this isolation oh, times? Yeah. Yes. Well, I, depending on when this comes out, uh, Summer Drive will either have an EP out or are about to have an EP out Ooh. and yeah. you should check that out. We have an Instagram, which is at Everd Remus. It's just summer I'll drive, summer, summer drive, drive backwards. Um, and then Idioglossia. We're constantly releasing stuff at the time of us recording this. We just released a new single 3000 times, which I wrote the lyrics too, and I, I play keyboards on. And and you guys have been doing live shows on Instagram, right? Yes, we've been doing Instagram live shows. And you play those in the backyard? Yeah, we do that in Ben's backyard. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, we drove around one time listening. Yeah, to yeah, I, nice. yeah, you guys are <laughs> <laughs> um, And our Instagram for Idioglossia is at i.dioglossia. Um could you spell that Sweet. for the viewer? Well, <laughs> thank you for uh, yeah. doing this. Thanks for Great. being thank in the isolationist. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Bye.